Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. In fact, wherever and whenever you're listening to the NI Golf Channel podcast, we're back for 2021. And I'm joined once again by Emma Self as we set off on another season of golf-related chit-chat. Exactly. And 2021, maybe three months, nearly four months, in fact, four months in, but we are finally dragged ourselves back, haven't we, PK? Um, and given it's a brand new season, we've got a big prize giveaway as well. Can I have a, ooh. Um, do you fancy, lovely, there we are. Do you fancy a new pair of golf shoes now that you're actually allowed to get back out there? Well, courtesy of Duca del Cosma, we have one pair of shoes to give away, but you will have to listen us a little bit longer and then you will find out how to win them mm-hmm. now on this edition of the podcast we chat majors we chat the tricky subject of golf club funding and we also have an interview with dutch golfing legend Joost Luton, um, and he doesn't hold back on the subject of slow play mm-hmm. good we need people weighing in on that mm-hmm. uh, but before that we've got a wee bit of a news roundup so two irish players have been included in the walker cup squad to face the usa at seminole on may the 8th and 9th mark parr who featured on the podcast last year has been joined on the team by john murphy both of those golfers are played out, uh, sorry are based out in the states and playing college golf unfortunately tom mcgibbon and kaylin rafferty missed out on this occasion Yep, Kaelin in particular was very unfortunate. Um, you know, he's really had no opportunities to play golf with, with the lockdown, so it hasn't helped him at all. Okay, believe it or not, amateur golfers finally returned to the fairways in Northern Ireland on April the 2nd. Has lockdown rules eased? Yes! Yep, club license exec will still be closed, but golf is no longer on the ban list. Unfortunately, the same can't be said about golf down south. Golf remains off the agenda until April the 26th at the earliest, which invariably mm. led to much vitriol on social media. It was not good the other night when they announced it. A lot of people were very angry. Understandably. I think one of the comments I saw was saying that they were going to open the zoo before they were thinking about letting golf back. So, yeah, that's not ideal, shall we say. Doesn't look good. Um, no, it is not. So we feel for them. Um, but two of Ireland's leading female amateurs, Olivia Mahaffey and Julie McCarthy, are playing in the second staging of the Augusta National Women's Amateur this week, which is running from the 31st of March until the 3rd of April. And another of Ireland's leading amateurs, uh, Lurgan-born Annabelle Wilson, finished as a runner-up at the Ping ASU Invitational. And that's Annabelle's best performance to date, playing college golf over in the US, which is brilliant. Yeah, finally in our news section, the PGA Euro Pro Tour has clarified that amateurs with a handicap of two or better will be able to compete in the Tour's Monday qualifiers. Um, I think the Tour sought some approval from the RNA to do that. And also, I'm a big news when we were off, the ISPS Hand World Invitational, the event that brings together the European Tour, the LPGA and the LET. It's back. It's back for this year. We'll be talking about it plenty over the next while. But also congratulations to Karen Do, who will host the NI Open as it moves from Gallagher. Once again, we'll be picking that up as we go along. Yep. So lots of good news, lots of good things coming. But um, you've touched on it already, PK, but we do need to have a little chat about uh, this, I think. Um, so golf itself, <laughs> it's found itself in the spotlight recently following the announcement about clubs receiving support from the NI Sustainability Fund 
Now, I'm based over in England, so I've got a wee bit of an idea about what's going on. You said about social media vitriol, and I know that's been aimed at this as well, but what, what's been going on? Some Summarise it for us. Tell us what's been happening. Okay, I'll try, I'll try to do this as quickly and as uncontroversially as possible. Essentially, the Sports Sustainability Fund was set up by the Department of Communities, managed by the Sports ANA, to allow clubs who suffered losses, and that's the big phrase, losses, financial issues caused by the pandemic to apply for a grant to support it. Now, a lot of sports have had the opportunity. GAA got millions distributed amongst their clubs. Football got millions distributed amongst their clubs. Um, and that was going along well. However, unfortunately for golf, golf was allowed to play. Golf did a play and 25 clubs received some funding, ranging from a few thousand to the top end, Royal County Down collected £1.5 million. Royal Portrush collected nearly £800,000. So it caused mm-hmm. some consternation amongst sports people in general and amongst golf clubs in general, some of whom could not and were not eligible to play for it. Now, I need to say from the very start, Emma, Nothing illegal or underhand has been done here by any of the clubs. The fund was there. Mm. They were allowed to apply. They applied in good faith. They received their funding allocation. The problem is the amount of it, how it looks, the optics of the whole thing at the minute. And it's still an ongoing issue. That's nearly a week later. It's still rumbling on. A lot of businesses in Northern Ireland couldn't apply. Their funding, they were capped the amount of support they got it doesn't seem as if there was a cap on this particular fund. So there's a bit to go right. in terms of, you know, what how it runs out. There's investigations up in Stormont and mm-hmm. ideas that the audit committee should look at it. From a golfing point of view, as I said, the clubs themselves, like Royal County Down is a massive business that generates millions yeah. for the local economy in Newcastle, brings people from all over the world. Now, I have no access to their accounts. I couldn't tell you exactly what their losses were caused. But I will say, and, and, uh, La Hinch Golf Club, similar in terms of the interest, maybe doesn't have the same kudos just yet, but a, a world-renowned golf course. La Hinch, yep, their losses, or they announced just towards the end of last year, their losses were 1.3 million euro last year. Yeah. So they lost in general something like two point whatever million in green fees alone. So, you know, if you look at Royal County Down as an equivalent, it's not, it's actually a wee bit possibly above it. You can see where the idea of the amount of losses would have been. Yeah. Um, Now, as as I said before, and it's worth saying, I don't have their accounts. I've never seen the data. I don't know what they applied for and what they received. I know what they received, but I don't know what they applied for. However, I just sure. wanted to put that out as a, as as an idea of, you know, what clubs that that these clubs that rely on visitors can take yeah. in in terms of their earnings and their and their costs. Now, whether yeah. clubs clubs a golf club, a private golf club, and a golf club with Royal County Down standing should be getting that amount of money, that's a, a whole different question. That's an ethical, moral question. Yeah. They did everything to the, to the letter of the law according to, to, to the grant scheme. So that's where we are. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't moved on in a week. It will hope possibly move on another week. And if there's any movement, we'll come back to it. 
But as golf comes out of lockdown and golf wants to get started again, it's possibly not been a great public idea or, or, or for people golf being sort of pinpointed again as a bit of an elitist sport. Yeah, which is not what you want, particularly when there have been the gains made and, you know, the, the popularity of it, you know, really gaining mm-hmm. as it's been a safe sport for people to start exactly. taking up and all the rest of it. So you just don't want it to be two steps forward and, and well, one and a half steps back, really, do you? Exactly. From, yeah. from the, yeah, I think you're right. kind of political was, fallout rather than anything, isn't it? It, it is the process involved in the grants process that is possibly that needs looked at as opposed to what the clubs have done. Clubs have done nothing technically yeah. wrong. Yeah. That's, that's where I think, no, I think that's where I'll leave it at that stage. I, do you know what? I've, I've heard with a, with, a, with a quiz, we should really do something about shoes. What do you reckon? Shall we? Shall I we... think so. We'll move on to shoes. Emma. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get on to shoes. Why not? Eh? So uh, as we mentioned earlier, we've got a pair of Duca del Cosma shoes to give away. They're a pair of Festiva, navy blue, no less, and size five. Is that correct? Size five UK. Yes, size five, size five UK. UK. So it couldn't be any easier to enter. Go to our social media on Twitter and Facebook. Follow the instructions. Um, Duca recently announced that six-time European Tour winner Jos Leuten had teamed up with the brand and PK caught up with him for a wee chat. First of all, I'd like to ask Jost uh, about the own experience of designing a golf shoe and what he found to be so special about that. Oh, I mean, I think I think it's good to tell the story how I came, you know, in contact with Duca and uh, obviously Frank and and, and Caroline, uh, they bought the company about three years ago and uh, they had a stand at the Dutch Open. I think it was um, in 2019. And, um, you know, my, my, my dad and my girlfriend walked by the stand and looked at their shoes and and they started talking and... Um, they said, oh, yo, you really have to send Joe's by the stand as well because we want to show them our shoes and show them what we do. So that's where the first contact was. And uh, we always kept in touch. And then we came to an agreement last year to, um, you know, so I could start playing and, uh, and wear the, the Duca shoes. And what I liked about the whole idea behind it is not just signing with a company and they send you a box of shoes and, and you open it and you play your round of golf, you play your, your tournaments on them, but to really be involved in, in the product and to see how we could actually improve their shoes and improve not only the way they, they, they wear, but also how functional it can be in a golf swing. And uh, to be part of that process is, is really cool. Um, for me, I, I also learn a lot because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert, but I know what I like to feel and how it needs to feel and how it needs to work in a golf, in a golf swing. So to be part of that and to brainstorm and to come up with ideas, is, it's really cool. And uh, I think the fact that you can actually try out and, and, and feel the difference between certain things, it's, it's, it's really cool. And, uh, and then just say, All right, we're going to go this direction of this is what I like, this is what I not, don't like. And I think that the, the a shoe needs to be functional, but also very comfortable because you walk so much. And I think that's what what um, a golf shoe makes different than a lot of the other golf sho- a, lot, a lot of other shoes. Is you don't just wear um, and walk in them, then, but they also need to handle the 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 power and the, and the, all the other. How do you say that? Um, uh, the traction. 
traction and stuff that that comes with the golf swing the way you 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 put all the the, the, the power into a golf shoe, how, how is that going to transfer into a golf swing? And I think that's very important that that works because that the golf shoe is the only contact with the ground you have in a golf swing. And, and that's where the power comes from. So it builds up from the ground. So the golf shoe is very important. And, uh, you know, to be part of the process, is, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, um, you enjoy playing golf in Ireland. We noticed you did well at Carlton House one year. Um, can you explain... Yep what the conditions um, you find uh, conducive to play golf in Ireland? Well, I mean, Carton House, ooh, that's, I think, uh, you probably know that better than me. That was probably 2013. Yeah. I think Paul Casey won. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, obviously it was a real Irish week. It was windy, it was wet, it was cold. Um, but that's everything you really need for an Irish Open, you know, and, and when you go to Ireland and, and it's 25 degrees and no wind, then there's no fun. I mean, you need to wear, you need to play the golf courses like you guys play them every day, you know, in, in those tough conditions. And uh, I had a good week. I, I came up, I think I came up one shy of Paul, Paul Casey. He eagled the last to win by one. Um, but, you know, I've, I've played so many times in, in, in Ireland and different courses. And what I've noticed about Ireland is that every golf course, it's, it's, it's a real and it's a proper golf course. They don't have really a lot of Mickey Mouse golf courses like you go sometimes to Spain. You have a lot of those touristic golf courses that are a bit, you know, where is the design right or is it, you know, what's going on here with this hole? But in Ireland... Every golf course is it's it, it's it's a proper golf course, and I think that's what I've noticed over the years, you know. And uh, obviously, we played quite a few uh, links courses, um, and and also we've played a couple inland courses like Carton House is, is a little bit more, but it's always fun to play. But you got to take your your rain gear with you. The, the caddy will have a tough job because they had, the the bag is always a little bit heavier than when you, when you play in Spain. Have you appreciated golf more 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 than ever? throughout this obviously we amateurs are really missing it waiting for the courses to reopen but do professionals feel that way about the sport they've grown up loving yeah i mean um in the first lockdown here in in holland i think the golf courses have been shut for six or seven weeks we haven't had any golf courses closed in the last uh, eight months basically so it's only been been in the first lockdown that we've been closed but um, yeah, I, I did miss I miss I missed golf, but I didn't miss golf. I missed the tension and, and the excitement of playing tournament golf, you know. And we 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 could practice, especially the professionals here in Holland. We we could practice even in the first lockdown because they kept everything open for for the professional uh, golfers. But you know, it's it, 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 I had a bit similar feeling as when I was injured. I, I had two uh, wrist operations, and, and in that time when I sat at home and I couldn't practice, that's when you realize that you actually really enjoy the game and, and the job you have. And, and that feeling I had the same in that six or seven weeks. I've been on the golf course a lot in that period because I was helping out uh, the greenkeepers, and we did a lot of uh, other work that normally um, you don't have time to do. So. My girlfriend's um, parents have a nine-holes golf course. So we, uh, we put in two new greens and we did it all by hand to reshape the greens. And it was pretty cool to do that with the greenkeepers and, and learn a lot about that side of, of, of the game, you know. And 
now I had time to do that. Uh, I had nothing else. I had not nothing else to do anyway. So it was, it was pretty cool to actually um, create something yourself. And every time I go back now, I uh, I go and watch how that green is, and it feels like it's my baby, you know. So it's pretty cool. Yes, you've had a chance to see a lot of the young new talent on the European tour in recent weeks. Have you been impressed with what you've seen? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I said this in another interview as well. The, I, I think the biggest change over the years is that the, the, the professional golfers, they become younger and younger. And, and when they come out, they're ready to play. You know, they're ready to compete. They're ready to win. And I think that's the biggest change compared to when I came on tour. I was 20 when I came on tour and I was one of the younger guys uh, together with Rory McIlroy. And um, now they're even younger. They're 16, 17, 18 years old. They come on tour and they're ready to, co to go out and, and compete and win tournaments. And um, it is very impressive. And, you know, I, I don't really look at other guys. I, I try to focus on myself. But I think it's definitely something that I noticed and, and see around on tour that they become younger and younger. They look like kids, you know, they don't they're, they're not grown up men yet. They're kids still uh, coming out to play. But it's it's great to see. And uh, and I think it really motivates all the other players as well to work hard and, and, and try to, to keep your position or, or beat those guys, you know. And uh, I think overall the game of golf is it's. Uh, how do you say that it's it, the, the level of plays are a lot wider so the, or deeper or I don't know how, how you say that exactly but there's more guys that can win tournaments now compared to 15 or 20 years ago and um, I think they they prepare them a lot better so even when the young the the, the you know the, the the coaches and the and the trainers and the, and the swing coaches they they know what it takes to to be ready to come out and play, and I think they get uh, prepared a lot better than, uh, than than fifteen or twenty years ago. You've had a you know a, a very good career, six uh, six wins, and I think 2013, 2013, 2014, you were inside the world top thirty. What are your ambitions now? Like you're hardly old; you're at thirty five. You've got ambitions, surely, to be the oh, yeah, a, Ryder, a Ryder Cup player. Oh, definitely. That's one of the big goals uh, for this season: short-term goals. It's Ryder Cup year. So that's definitely uh, on my mind, you know, and I know if I can win two events that, uh, that you have a chance of qualifying. So that's, that's my focus. And I need to climb the world ranking. And, and that starts by playing well in, in the regular events and make sure that I qualify for the majors and the world golf championships again. But I think it starts with winning regular events again. And I know, I know that I can do that. I know, I know that I'm good enough. Um, and I just need to, to find the right form, but I feel like I'm moving in the right direction. I had a good, decent week last week in, in Kenya. Um, so if I can improve a little bit on the short game, then, uh, then my long game has always been one of the best, uh, best in Europe. So if I can back it up with a little bit of better chipping and putting, then I'll, I'll be very dangerous and I'll, 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 I'm sure I can make it to the right. Cup. What about the Olympics then? Um... You're still in pole position there to play in the Olympics. Is it a is it a goal of yours? Is it something that you you're definitely going to do? Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a goal of mine. I've 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 been there four years ago in Brazil, and uh, it was a very cool experience. Um, and now this year it's in Japan, which it's a shame that they don't allow spectators because I think it could have been crazy with the Japanese spectators because they love golf you know in Brazil when we were playing there golf is not a big sport there you know it's, it's more about the beach volleyball or, or you know other sports so it wasn't very 
very busy. But what I what I really enjoyed was being part of that big event that you've seen on television. So it's not only the golf, but it's the whole thing and the whole circus behind it, the, the Olympic Village, you know, being there with the, with, with the Dutch team and to see all the other sports and all the other athletes. Uh, I think that was very special to be part of that. So I definitely uh, looking forward to go to Japan. And uh, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a great event, but we need to work on, on, on the golf, you know, that it's going to be big in the golf, uh, in the golf world as well, because I feel like it needs to grow a bit more than, than, um, than it is at the moment. Where do you stand in the, the green reading books? Do you use, do you use them? They seem to slow down play enormously yesterday. And obviously they've slowed down play enormously full stop. But do, are you of the school that thinks they're good to have green reading books? Well, you know, I, I don't know if green reading books really slows down the game of golf, but what I don't understand is that there are rules already in place that, that says, all right, you can have 40 seconds if you're if you're the second to play and 50 seconds if you're the first to play. But why don't we start to penalize guys that take too much time? And we can all see it on TV who that is and when it is. Why don't we start using the rules and, and give them penalty shots or, or something? Because I don't think fines work. We need to give them penalty shots. And if everybody can see on TV it's taking too much time, then we should do something about it. There are rules already, but nobody holds them to it because they don't get penalized for it. And green books or uh, range finders or anything, I don't think it's going to speed up the game. It doesn't matter. We need to be making rules. And I'm a big fan of the shot clock, like we've tried a couple of years ago with 30 seconds on the clock. Um, and everybody needs to keep to, to those 30 seconds. And if you don't do it, you get a penalty shot, straight away penalty shot. There are no green reading books allowed next week at Augusta National. I'm just wondering, are you thinking ahead to that? I know you played very well there on your debut. I was wondering, what do you think? How do you think it's shaping up? Who do you think is going to walk away with that green jacket next week? Um, ooh, good question. I, to be honest, I haven't really thought about, you know, uh, who's the favourite. But, you know, I think Dustin Johnson, he's always, he's always, he's been playing so well over the years. Um you know, and he's he's number one in the world, so I think that's definitely one of uh, one of the guys you need to keep an eye on. And I think that uh, I think it, it might be time for Rory McIlroy to step up and 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 do it. You know, uh, I know he hasn't been playing great over the last couple of weeks, and he, I know he said something about um, that he tries to hit too hard. But I think he's one of the guys that could actually. Be the, be the surprise of the week and uh, you know he's so talented and he's one of the guys that will definitely win it so uh, I, I think I think he'll make a good chance So it's the start of the 2021 major season Emma and the ANA inspiration kicks things off this week in California by the way a number of very high profile commentators you may have noticed over the last while kept referring to the first major of the season as the Masters and I mm -hmm. knew your hackles would have been up. Your hackles would have been up every time somebody said that. <laughs> so both yeah, Leona McGuire and Stephanie Meadow are in the field this week. Actually, they go into the event on the back of some solid form, if unspectacular. But as we are known to pick our losers, um, <laughs> we're going to do the usual here and, and try and pick a couple of winners for you this year. We're bound to get better this year. Right, Emma, who do you think 
who do you think? Who it's early, I always think it's early in the season for the ladies. This event, you know, a lot of yes. them haven't really got into their 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 stride unless you're the quarters. Well, there you go. You've actually uh, you may have already set me off because I am thinking very much uh, of Jessica. She is she is the person who I am thinking. She's she's such a good ball striker, and this golf course is you know it's all about accurate ball striking and that is her tt i can't remember exactly where she is but she's definitely top 10 greens and regulation on the lpga she won the diamond resorts so the form as you say it's very early on but she's come out you know she's come out of the come out of the traps very fast for the season um she's had two top 10s i think in three or something like that here and i for both the quarters, let's be honest, it feels like there's a major championship beckoning for both of them. But I'm going to go with Jessica, which probably means that Nellie Corda is going to be walking off with the <laughs> at the end of the week. But, uh, but <laughs> I'm going to go with Jessica anyway. Um, so what do, you, what do you reckon? What do, what do you have to well, say about it? I'm, I'm actually, I, I think to be honest with you, you've picked some of the most informed players. Or two of the most informed players are clearly pushing each other on which is great to see. Mm. But somebody who's who's sort of come back and has played very well of late over the last 18 months without really sort of making getting back into the winner's enclosure is Lydia Ko, who's a winner, of course, a major winner before. <laughs> and as you say, maybe as a past, some would say maybe doesn't hit it long enough, but um, this is possibly her, her goal for it. Um, she's due, I would think, Back in the winner's circle, she's got all that experience. She's definitely got the quality. And maybe Absolutely. now that she seems to have got herself back in an even keel competitive ways, you know, why not? Why not Lydia Cole? Um, just before we go too far and go on to the other major that happens soon, mm-hmm. um, the two Irish girls started the season very well. What do you think of Leona and Stephanie? They have. They they were doing very well, and I think you know we'll go back to social media again. But just it's just lovely when you when you, you see the round by round if they've put in a good round going on there and seeing the support that they have from home because it is you know it's far it's far far away. And as we as we've said, you know hopefully this is the start of things to come from Irish women's golf. Interesting, um, and you know they really are picking up momentum you know we're saying okay no neither of them have won in the end and maybe it hasn't quite been four rounds of exactly the same pedigree each time but there's been some very good rounds in there and it's as it always with golf it's not just about the way that they're they're you know posting the birdies they're limiting their mistakes i think notably really very impressively from from what i've actually been able to watch anyway and yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be great? You know, even even the top ten maybe this week, and then because the ANA as well, it's like the other major we're about to talk about because it's at the same venue every year. And again, you know, last year it was out of season; it was September, mm-hmm. wasn't it? And then there was the all the stuff that happened with the wall mm-hmm. at eighteen, mm-hmm. um, instead of the instead of the um real proper stand being there and all that kind of stuff. So it won't be exactly the same run out that they had last time the major was held. But you so. You kind of think yes if you are an informed player like they are building up their form then it will be a brilliant experience for them apart from anything else and wouldn't it be great to see them both doing well and it seems oh, like they, they definitely could that would be can you imagine can you imagine the day that ireland produces a major women's golf champion 
be incredible. I think I think it'll yeah. Be incredible. Do you know what? You can. You sort of that's yeah. the thing. You know, I can imagine it rather than it just being a bit of a fairy a tale, which would obviously at any stage would have been lovely, but it's you know, this is this is becoming real with those two and then you know Olivia's bringing up mm -hmm. you know the next wave through and all that you know it feels it feels very potent Julia as well it feels very positive and in, in the female um game as well it's that's great mm. but but yeah I I'm I'm gonna stick with Jessica Corda good enough so put sorry, your money Jessica. put your money on Nelly then everybody <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> or Jennifer Cupcher she's the other one <laughs> Hedging your bets. Yep, always. <laughs> anyway, we we did say also that there is another major coming, uh, the second major of the year, which is of course the Masters uh, next week with DJ defending the title he won only a few months ago uh, in November. And I still haven't actually put my wee Masters chairs away from oh, November. Oh, 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 from oh, no, we're, we're not, not going. We, we're not going. No, no, please, no, no, not not another. <laughs> tale of you and your time at the masters please did, nope, you, nope, listen, did nope. you go to the masters did you work at the masters? did i work did no, you did i i'll tell you about it another time pk we'll bore all the other people. Uh, but anyway who are you tipping for this one then right well do you know what i was looking through a few things earlier on and who mm -hmm. people caught me eye one is Billy Horschel. Now, people say, of course, Billy Horschel won the match play. Mm -hmm. Billy Horschel doesn't have a great Masters record. I think his best finish mm -hmm. is tied 17th in 2016. But Billy Horschel is the streakiest player you'll ever find. And when he's on, he is on, as he proved like when a few years ago when he won the, the Tour Championship and won three events nearly in a row, missed out in the Ryder Cup. And he's mad keen for the Ryder Cup. He knows he needs to put in big performances so i think i'm going to say that if my each for we each way bet i'm mm -hmm. going to go for billy horschel and i think a bit like you hedge my bets uh, a, a perennial a perennial challenger but he never gets over the line paul casey oh he does you're right and but he's He's also on some kind of little comeback trail, isn't he? Like he's, yeah, well, I like that. I like that. I'm going for I comeback what, kings. I would really, I'd love to see Horschel win it. I just, I really, really enjoyed watching him win the match play. And because he hasn't been in the thick of it so much recently, you forget. I mean, going, it's like, he's just a lovely bloke as well. Isn't yeah, he like very, going to help? Yeah, very engaging character. Yeah. He really is. And then yeah. when, um, he was coming up against a little bit of gamesmanship in the final, the the slow play, and then oh, it didn't, didn't pay off so good, eh? And he won, and I was like, yes, yes, have that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was very happy with that. So I would like to see him win. You know how much I love John Ram for the Masters pretty much, like, all the time, but then he's about to have a child, and he said, if, if my wife is about to have a baby, I will disappear. Now, I think that's a wonderful thing for him to say. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Saturday night and he's like top five, maybe second, maybe uh -huh. leading the Masters on Saturday night? Are you gonna take that phone call? 
I've got two children so I can feel like I can I can I can say that I don't know if I would have forgiven my other half many things for not turning up for those events but if he was about to win the masters I might have, I might have <laughs> let him off <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you a question then in this case, are you mm. putting money, putting your, your faith in John Ram again? Well, I I always have an each way on John Ram at the Masters um, and the US Open as well, let it be said. Um, so I probably will a wee bit. But um, when Lee Westwood was playing very well at the end of last year and winning in Dubai, winning the, you know, winning the Order of Merit, I actually put an each way on him oh. because Westwood has a good track record at the Masters as well. Yes. He's obviously, you know, last week wasn't his week necessarily, but it's, it wasn't like he played terribly. He hasn't suddenly, you know, gone down the bit of his roller coaster that he does. He's in such good mood, like he's happy. He's skinny. When he's skinny, he means business Lee Westwood as well. If you notice any time, like even when he should have been in that playoff at the US Open and he wasn't, blah, blah, blah. You know, he he just, he's he's in form. He means business and he's pretty chilled out. And he's been for, you know, he was saying about going for that practice round with his son, Augusta and blah, blah, blah. So I think, I think Westy, Westy maybe. And he's sort of, you know, everyone's saying about, oh, he's, you know, mid 40s and he's a comeback comeback king there you go there's another one we like we like them all but I don't know there's just something I I reckon he could do he could do pretty well I've been through it very carefully I have to say and like I know you were particularly not enamored with the November Masters shall we say compared to real thing and of our commas so going through who did well last year isn't really it's not really doing us any favors like there was no crowd so the likes of answer and M, I'm not sure actually. M was my other one that I thought because he tied second and he, you know, he he's also playing pretty well. He's a bit streaky maybe, but I think top ten at the Honda, and he started off with a, like finished fifth I think the beginning of the year. So he's, I think M maybe, but I'm not sure that Cameron Smith and Answer and those other people who we were seeing so much of in the final round. I don't, I could be doing them a massive disservice, but I think it's gonna. The course will feel different. We know that the course will play different, and having some patrons here and there, and just the whole thing will be very different. So, but one thing we can be pretty sure of, PK, is that Tiger Woods is not going to win the Masters <laughs> this year. So everyone can calm down about that at least. <laughs> well, so there you go. Uh, in terms of anybody's gambling or efforts, there's uh, Emma's in-depth analysis. She's gone with Lee Westwood. She's hedging her bets on John Ram, as we've noted before. Now, I have to say, it's wrong for me to constantly attack Emma for gambling and her for <laughs> bad picks because she actually did better than me last year. So we'll see how we go with the first one of the year. And that's it. That's it, Emma. That's actually us for the first podcast of the season. Short and sharp. We'll get, we'll get more local interviews as we're going along. Don't forget, everybody, pay attention to our great prize. Very easy to get involved in. By the way, it's only open to GB and I. I'm not posting anything to Australia. Check out our social media feed for more information. general for keeping in touch with what we're doing. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks to reflect on the Masters and much more. And Emma might actually tell us about that time she went and worked the Masters. 
Emma, did you work at the Masters? <laughs> for another day, PK. Thank another you. Thanks very much, Emma. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks, PK. Bye. All right, don't touch me. Touch me. See you.